0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pick and Roll NBA Podcast. In today's episode, we are joined again with Eric Holmes and we will be discussing the top 10 power rankings so far this season. Hope you enjoy the episode and happy holidays. (laughs) Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Pick and Roll NBA Podcast. I'm your host as always Perry Rockwood and today we are joined with our co-host who was gone last week but Eric is back with us. Eric how's it going?
1: It's going really good. I just had one of the best sports weeks of my life so coming off and I'm I'm feeling happy and blessed.
0: Let's just let's just hear a little bit about uh, why it was so good.
1: Um, I had the chance we went out to – my friends and I, we went out to Boston to see the Patriots versus the Chiefs, and it was just an unreal atmosphere. Never been to an NFL game before. We had some pretty sweet seats, and it was just like a really good time to to see. Just a quick PS, the Boston fans suck. They were booing their six-time Super Bowl champion, the greatest player to ever touch a football at halftime. How do you boo Tom Brady? Your, your team's 10-3. and 3. You just won a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I understand your offense hasn't been that great lately, but you're 10 and 3 and you're quarterbacked by the best player ever. Like, that should, you they should not be able, able to boo for the next 10 years. They were, but so they
0: were, like, they were just booing him just because he wasn't doing good.
1: Yeah, it was just like three and out after three and out after three and out until the end of the game, but. But still, like, you can't boo Tom Brady. It's just, that's not cool. Not okay.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, Boston fans are ruthless.
1: Yeah, screw the Celtics. <laughs> screw Boston fans. Go, I love Tom Brady, though. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. So, and then you also went to a Lakers game, right?
1: Yeah, I think I talked about it last time, but yeah. it was just unreal to see him, see him in person. Um, just a great, great. Good time to see the Lakers and I've i I've been to a couple of jazz games like I've said before, but it's just uh it was an awesome week for me.
0: That's really cool. I I was able to go to a jazz game too this this last weekend, uh, with my brother in law and father in law. And surprisingly it was a good game because they were playing the Warriors and it shouldn't have <laughs> been a good game, but with the way the Jazz have been playing lately. It was close to the very end, and the Jazz barely pulled it out because Bogdanovich set a Jazz record with eight threes in one game. Uh, But other than that, it was a struggle watching the Jazz. Ingles looks terrible. Gobert looks terrible. Mitchell looked all right. He had some spurts where he did really well. I'm just losing more and more confidence each week with the Jazz. I know their second-half team, they were hot at the end of the year last year. And I think they'll do that again, but all in all, it was a good trip and just finished finals today. So we're looking forward to Christmas break and I know everybody is, but um, it's been really great for the NBA through the first 25 games. It's been one of the most exciting starts to a season that we've had uh, in the last couple of years with the regular season actually mattering this year and having it be exciting. And so... Today we just kind of wanted to go out, go with the top ten power rankings for the NBA thus far in the season, and I guess Eric will start off with with you, uh, who you have with number one.
1: For number one, and I guess number two, it's interchangeable for me. Um, Milwaukee. Yes, the Lakers. Hey, uh, wait, wait. <laughs> Milwaukee and the Lakers. You're right. <laughs> No, but they've they've both been great teams. Milwaukee just ended their eighteen game winning streak. The Lakers just ended their fourteen game road winning streak. They've both been strong, resilient. Both are I think they're both top five in offense and defense. Yeah. Or at least they were as of like a couple days ago. But they're both showing out. They both play with great energy. Most importantly they're they on the defensive end and they can get it done on the offensive end.
0: So I have the Bucks number one and the Lakers number two. I just wanted to say something about Giannis, though. Do you feel like he gets underappreciated? Like, do you feel like he doesn't get – because he's just been doing something that we haven't really seen since, like, Shaq and, like, Wilt Chamberlain. Like, he's just going absolutely insane. And he'll drop, like, 15 a night. And I feel like it's not really, like, talked about that much. Like, do you feel like it's because he's in a small market, like, in Milwaukee? Or do you feel like he gets the credit he deserves? What do you think?
1: I don't know. It's hard to tell. I kind of live in a really basketball-minded world. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything I absorb, it's all appreciating Giannis. So, everything that I that I interact with, I feel like he's getting the proper recognition. But to the everyday fan, I'm not sure. Especially because he's playing on the East Coast. You know, those game times a little bit earlier. I live on the West Coast, so probably not as many people, people are watching, not, not as many kids are watching Giannis be, uh, play. I I would say generally yes, but for me no. I totally respect what he's doing right now.
0: So are you saying I'm an everyday? I'm not a diehard fan.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: No, I I just think it's insane to see what Giannis has been doing, especially that it's correlating to wins, and that's obviously what's most important. And I think he's gonna win back-to-back MVPs. I just, especially if he keeps the same energy up every single night, there's no way he doesn't win back-to-back. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh yeah. If he if their team has this much success and he's putting up even better numbers than last year, you might as well just call it in.
0: Yeah, I think he's for sure gonna get it. Uh, so your next team, well, you had interchangeable the Lakers and the Bucks. I had Bucks one and Lakers as a very close second. I mean, we talk about them so much, so we don't really <laughs> say much more. Other than the last person I want shooting a game tying three from deep off the dribble at the end of the game is Rondo, <laughs> and that's why they just lost uh, tonight. But they didn't have Anthony Davis, so that's fine.
1: No AD, no Coos.
0: Caruso went went ham tonight, and Dwight Howard. They both played oh, really
1: well. every like two or three minutes, Dwight was getting a monstrous alley oop or jam, and it was just like way to go Dwight like he's everything we, we could have hoped for but like you said we talk about him a lot so I'll just head to my third team so the Clippers I have in the third spot um they're seven and three in their last 10 games and they're also 13 and one at home through the first part of the season and uh, so right away you can see that they're defending their home court really well um
0: they're defending they, the Lakers home court really well
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Staples Center will always be the Lakers court but um, you know part of the reason I feel like they're, they, they're not a regular season team they've said this they've shown this by not playing Kawhi load managing and so obviously they have a lot more potential than what, we, what we've seen but I think they're firmly in the third best team we've seen flashes of what they can do and they've had a couple disappointing losses but it's how every season goes with 82 games.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard to judge them throughout the regular season just because we know that, especially with Kawhi, he's going to have load management. Uh, and that's just how he is. We just have to accept it, kind of just like how we have to accept James Harden dribbling 500 times. Same thing with Kawhi. <laughs> he's just going to load manage. It's just what he does. Uh, but... Yeah, I agree. I think when the playoff when the playoffs come, nobody's gonna want to play them. I mean, they they're just so deep and so
1: good. Yeah. Do you think there's any pieces they could add via trade or via the buyout market?
0: Well, I know they definitely have their eyes on Iggy. I think them and uh, everybody does, though. Yeah, everybody does. So <laughs> I think he's a top priority for them, but. I also think an underrated acquisition that they're going to have coming back is Landry Schammett. He's been out for uh, a lot of the opening to the season, and he's just a great defender, uh, three and D type guy. And so I think having him out there will really help with the spacing and being able to just switch everybody on defense, which they're kind of already doing. And so uh, definitely look out for him for these next couple games as he gets back into the rotation.
1: Yeah. What kind of pieces do you think they're like do you think they're missing a, a ball hand handler the most? Do you think they're missing a big center or a big uh forward the most? What do you what do you think that they need?
0: Yeah, I if I were them I would go after like a big a big bully, like try to get a bully because Zubak he's good, but he's not a starting center, like in my opinion. And Harrell's. He's the perfect guy off the bench. And so I think if they just, but he's also undersized for playing the five, Harold is when he comes in. And so we saw that like, when he was guarding Anthony Davis, he just got destroyed. If they could get, even somebody like Joe Kim Noah, like somebody who's a veteran and who plays defense and rebounds, they don't need another scorer. They don't need a guy who can score for them. Somebody like that would be really good to sign. Uh as far as ball handling, I think they're fine with that. Like they're Kawhi and Paul George can handle the ball well enough. And Patrick Beverly, so and Lou Williams plays point pretty much when he's in. I think they're good there. Maybe just grabbing a big guy.
1: No, I can get behind that. Who was your third team? The Clippers as well?
0: Yeah. So I'll go with my fourth team and that is the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Do you have them as your fourth? I do. Okay, cool. So, yeah, they're 20-8 and right now. And Joel Embiid's got a lot of heat this year, especially from Shaq and Charles Barkley, uh, saying that he doesn't want to be one of the greats. And then right after that, he went out and had, like, 36 and just dominated. And so I think the Sixers are as good as Embiid is. So if he's really locked in and playing his best basketball, then they're right there with anybody out of the East. It's just with him, I guess it's just more consistency and more focusing in.
1: Yeah. No, they're eight and two in their last 10 games. They're 14 and 0 at home. So they've been, uh, they've been really good at defending their own home court, which is, I mean, all of these top teams, all of these top 10 teams are usually pretty good at defending their home court. Um, but do you think there's pieces that they're missing? Obviously, like their offense isn't as great as it could be. What do you What do you prioritize most? Do you prioritize in the playoffs a ball handler or a shooter?
0: I mean, I think they're missing exactly what they gave up.
1: And J.J. Up <laughs> JJ Redick.
0: That's exactly who they need. Uh, they decided to go the alternate route and give all the money to Tobias Harris, which so it's, it's fine, but... Yeah, they're definitely missing a sharpshooter, which you would want like J.J. Redick. I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of Ben Simmons and Embiid and Horford all together. I don't like it. I think they need. If there's any way that they could get Chris Paul, I would do it. <laughs> like I feel like Chris Paul would fit perfectly on that team. I think his play style. Would be really good for them because he can shoot spot up threes like we saw him do in Houston uh, but then he can also just one of the best passers we've seen in ball handlers and so i don't i don't see that working out but i think somebody like chris paul is, is what they're missing in a shooter like jj
1: what do you think about the drew holiday as a pickup as a well trip? yeah yeah
0: we saw today that the pelicans are open to a trade talks with drew holiday so i I feel that's a great point. I think the Sixers are going to be all over Drew Holiday for sure. A,
1: reuni- a reunion back to Philadelphia for Drew?
0: Yeah, yeah. I could totally see them making a hard push towards towards him as well as uh, Dallas. I think the Mavericks would really want to get him. There's so a lot of things I would want.
1: Having the, the Sixers, you know, seeing that them in their playoffs last year, Jimmy Butler was the guy, you know, you're throwing Ben Simmons at the dunker spot. I mean, he has shot a couple threes now, Ben Simmons, but he's still a reluctant shooter. In the playoffs, would you rather have somebody like J.J. Reddick on the Sixers or someone like Drew Holiday that can kind of take over the show? What's more important for him if if you had to prioritize one?
0: Well, if you're looking at who they would probably play against if they were to make it to the finals in the East, you'd be going against the Bucks probably. With that in mind, I would have Drew Holiday – I just think he's a better matchup. Obviously, he's a better all-around player than JJ Redick. I think if you have the chance to get him, you get him no matter what. I think Drew Holiday is very underrated. And so I would definitely, for, especially for playoffs when defense, it really comes down to defense. And he can shoot. Obviously, he's not a knockdown shooter like JJ, but he can still shoot. So I would go after Holiday for sure.
1: Yeah, the 76ers are just, they're incredibly talented, but also extremely flawed, so they're an interesting team at number four.
0: And I just don't think Brett Brown's that good of a coach, but <laughs> that's for another day. All right, so who's your number five?
1: Um, I have the Celtics at number five. Me too. So they're six and four over their last 10 games, and they're also 10 and one at home. I think it was really good that they got rid of Kyrie, Al, I mean, Al Horford not so much, but they had so much talent on their bench, and like it was just too much talent, if that makes sense, where every guy thought they should be on the court in their last five minutes of the game. And now they, they have a little bit more roles. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can take a little bit bigger of a role. And so I think they've been able to to slide together a lot more uh, smoothly this, this year.
0: Yeah, the Celtics are – I know you hate them, but they're one of my favorite teams – Just because I I love Jason Tatum. I've loved him since he was at Duke. And I really like Jalen Brown as well. I feel like he's a really good young prospect and doesn't get enough praise. I feel like uh, Tatum kind of overshadows Jalen Brown. The one thing the Celtics need is a center, where there's been a lot of talk about going after Steven Adams. Uh, I feel like he would fit very well there, but he has a He has a big contract, and so it'd be hard to get him. They would probably have to get rid of Hayward uh, if they wanted to do that. And I also think they need a better backup point guard. They have Wanamaker right now who's solid, but uh, when it comes to the playoffs, you really need that spark plug as a backup backup point guard, and I think they could use an upgrade there. But, yeah, do you think the Celtics should make a trade for a center? I mean, they have – uh, Daniel Tice and Cantor right now.
1: It's tough. The way like the league works right now is you have a bunch of big contracts and a bunch of little contracts. And so it's like hard to to get the middle guys, you know? Yeah. To smash salaries for trades because you don't want to give up a core piece like Gordon Hayward for Steven Adams. That just makes your team worse. But at the same time, you want to acquire pieces that you need. But you don't want to get somebody that's horrible that's only worth a veteran's minimum so it's just a tough balance to see
0: I wouldn't be very against Hayward for Adams especially if they got somebody else with Adams the Celtics did
1: what would you want with Adams do would you want a trade ship like a draft piece or
0: yeah, I think either some pick, like a pick, or even somebody like Ferguson or something like that who can hit threes, open threes. I don't know. I just think when it comes to the playoffs, like, because think about it, they already have Kemba, Jalen Brown, and Tatum. Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart. So it's like, it's not like you don't have enough guys who can create their own shots when it comes to the playoffs. So, I don't know. I think either way, either if they keep Hayward or not, um, I think they'll be fine in the East. I think they always play hard, so.
1: Brad Stevens has, has them playing at a high energy, high energy, which is always important.
0: So, who you got for number six?
1: For no, so, this is where we start to defer. At number six, I have the Rockets.
0: Okay, so I have the Rockets at number nine. So, my number six is the Mavs. So, let's hear your case for the Rockets at six.
1: So the Rockets, I they, they've they almost gotten over the hump so many times over the last four or five years, and I just trust them so much more than I trust a 20-year-old Luka Doncic, if that makes sense. Um, teams that have been there before, they're just a lot more dangerous in the playoffs. I'd much rather play the Mavs in the playoffs than the Rockets for that reason, and uh, the Rockets are just like a, although they're like a boring team to watch. I hate watching them. I hate their style. <laughs> I think I think that they, they uh, they're a really good team.
0: Uh, okay, so I agree with you about the playoff thing, but this is what going off what we've seen like the first twenty five games of the season. That's so true. You, you would still have them above the Mavs.
1: Yeah, I would, especially with Luca hurt right now for the next two or three weeks obviously that's not like a fair thing to say but i think the rockets are uh they're a stronger team in the next in the coming rest of the season for the coming rest of the season
0: i think the mavs still are on top at the sixth spot i think it's just been insane to see we've talked about lucas so much it's just insane to see what he's been able to do and really what he's been able to do with he's not surrounded with a great team Like, he has Porzingis, who hasn't really done too well. He had a breakout game this last week. He has Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, Powell and, like, Max Weber. (laughs) It's like, so it's just insane that they're sitting in such a good spot in a tough Western Conference uh, being led by a 20-year-old player. It's just crazy to me. And their offense is so efficient and just so fun to watch. and. Um, I think I think they're definitely a trade away from being a a scary team in the playoffs. I know they're gonna be looking for that third guy uh in the trade market. There's not like superstars that they can get, but there's a, there's a couple solid guys that could be that, that third role player, like we mentioned earlier, like Drew Holiday, or I know they obviously have their eyes on Iggy too, everybody does, and so
1: I feel like they're one of the teams that can actually get him, though.
0: Yeah, they have some good trade pieces for sure.
1: A couple of, I think the Nuggets could get him. I don't know if they want him. I think the, I also think the Mavs could get him, and they definitely want him. Yeah, no, I like. I had I had the Mavs at my seven spot, just one below the Rockets.
0: Okay, so let's hear your, your take on the Mavs then.
1: You know, like you said, their their offense is crazy good. Um, Luca, at twenty years old, has already mastered the pick and roll pretty crazy
0: Yeah, is.
1: <laughs> he's always making the right read off off the pick and roll um it's they're they're an impressive team I'm just not completely buying the Luka this season I don't know I feel like a lot of the they're hyping him up too much but that's just me so I, I've already explained him explained why I think some of those stats are empty numbers but
0: oh my gosh <laughs> but like just like watching him like you there's no way if you're sitting there watching him that it's, like, fake.
1: Some of the numbers are fake. Not all of them. Like, obviously, <laughs> he's a good player, but I think some of the numbers are fake.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, when he gets, like, 14 boards in some of the games.
1: I what? think, like, seven of those were real.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. For my number seven, I had the Miami Heat. who And you had the Mavs, right?
1: Yeah, I had the Heat at
0: 8. Okay, so yeah, so we'll talk about the Heat. Uh, They're just so fun. I just watched the interview with Jimmy Butler that I did with Rachel Nichols, and I just sat down with her and kind of talked about how he decided to come to Miami and how he talked to Dwayne Wade about it because they're really tight. And D-Wade just said that the culture of Miami just fits Jimmy Butler perfectly, and it does. Like, everybody's saying that, that he's just – loving it there the team he can fi- he says he can finally call his teammates out and they don't cry about it uh, we see Tyler Hero he loves Tyler Hero who's a rookie because his worth that his work ethic is just insane same thing with Kendrick Nunn and Bam Adebayo who I think is still getting better and better each game and so it's just been so cool to see the heat do so well especially with kind of just the no-name guys like Kendrick Nunn coming out of nowhere and uh, Duncan Robinson, their three-point shooter. And so it's just been really fun to see them compete every night. Even if they don't win games, they're always riding it. Like they just work so hard. And I think oh. they're, any team with Jimmy Butler, especially in the East, is going to be a tough team in
1: the playoffs. They're, they're very athletic. Yeah. They're very switchable. But man, this front office is so good. Like Pat Riley's done a great job. Eric Spoelstra is a great coach. I think he's the second longest ten—no, he's the longest tenured co- Or no, second longest behind Pop.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but, but no, the their front office has just hit on all of their draft picks. You know, they've stayed relevant while rebuilding, which is an incredible thing to do. Where, where they have still had winning seasons when when they're still adding. Um, valuable pieces and so honestly like them and like the Pacers like they always are relevant and that's how they I mean Miami not as much needs that but they're just it's super impressive to see where they're at
0: yeah and even without Dion Waiters who just got suspended
1: again <laughs> <Dion> <laughs> and uh, they have a lot of trade pieces they have Goran Dragic they have Dion Waiters Goran Dragic is on an expiring. So, yeah. if the team wants to absorb his contract, then they can uh, um give up an asset for that, or they can get an asset back along with Dragic to get a better player for my, for Miami. Um, yeah,
0: definitely look out for them in the trade market. They're going to be active for sure.
1: I think they, they need to be. I think, like, a Drew Holiday would be great on that team.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: You'd, I mean, Drew Holiday works with any team, but <laughs> yeah. but he he has that grit and grind, the uh, Miami vibe to him.
0: Yeah, him next to Jimmy Butler would be really good, especially yeah. defensively.
1: Still switchable, he fits the scheme. He can shoot.
0: Who do you have at, at your eight spot? I oh, have you the, have the Heat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have the Nuggets.
1: So I think we just like swapped the Mavs and the Rockets and like shifted everybody down
0: one. Okay so you already talked about the we already talked about the math, so where do you have the Nuggets? I have them at eight. Where do you have? I have them? the
1: Nuggets at nine.
0: Okay so the Nuggets they're kind of a weird team because out of all the teams this year they were the team that pretty much kept everything the same and You know, with the return of Michael Porter Jr., we thought it would only upgrade them. And Jokic being so good in the playoffs last year, we thought maybe that he would get his diet under control and uh, be in shape this season. So far, we've seen that that hasn't really happened. Uh, Jokic, I feel like, is underperforming compared to how he was performing in the playoffs last year. He's still one of the best centers in the league. But I feel like he definitely has another level to his game that he hasn't reached yet. And I mean, the Nuggets are still really good. We have them at number eight in the power rankings. They're still a great team. But I feel like they're still just again a team that's going to be active in the trade market. That can trade away a lot of pieces that teams will want. They have a good a lot of good young players, wings especially. And yeah, so, they a,
1: yeah, they have they uh, have valuable contracts. They have they have like the Celtics problem from last year. They have yeah. a lot of guys that should be on the court, but they just have too many guys where they can't all be on the court. Like Wancho, Erning Gomez. I don't even know how to say his name, <laughs> <laughs> but he's like not not ever seen the court. They need to give Michael Porter Jr. more minutes. I don't. There's yeah. a, there's a lot they can do.
0: Malik. Um, Beasley.
1: Yeah, they've Malik Beasley exactly. They're five on five in their last ten. I probably would have had them higher if they would have been if they would have been a little stronger in their last ten. But um, they're still trying to figure things out. And the which which is surprising, like you said, they had the most continuity, which was why in the preseason I had them at number one. Um, at the end of the for the I had them winning the number one seed. Now it's looking like the Lakers, you know. No biggie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy to think that we all think that the Nuggets have been underperforming so far this season, and they're still 17-8. and So I feel like we're kind of overreacting, a lot of us are. Uh, But that's just because we've seen how good they can be. But they're still so young. So I feel like uh, we just need to kind of give them a break and uh, see how they continue playing.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking back on it, I just don't feel that good about Jamal Murray's contract.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not a big Jamal Murray guy. I know a lot of people are, but I've never really been too big on him. He's super inconsistent.
1: I just don't understand how you – same with Ben Simmons. Why do you need – why do you feel the need to max them out before they need to be maxed?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Like, just – like, yeah, it gives them a little bit of confidence, but at the same time, like, just let them play and see if they're actually worth it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's worth the max. I mean, obviously Jokic is.
1: Yeah, Jokic uh, for sure.
0: Murray,
1: I guess I wanted to lock lock him up.
0: Who do you have next?
1: For my 10th, I had the Nuggets at 9. I had the Raptors at 10. Oh,
0: okay, so I had the Rockets at 9. We already talked about the Rockets. And for my number 10, I have the Raptors as well. I think that's a big surprise to everybody. It's been really cool to see the Raptors just continue to win games under Nick Nurse, even with the absence of Kawhi and Danny Green as well. It's just been really cool to see Siakam continue to ball out and go up even another level, and Fred Van Van Fleet as well. I just think they're, they're still super deep, just a great team that works really well as a team together, and they're in the East, so that helps.
1: Yeah, I mean, let me pose a question to you. Do you think it's harder to win your first championship, defend a championship, or get back to winning the championship? Meaning you won, you lost maybe for a year or a couple of years, and then you are trying to reach the NBA championship again. What do you think is the hardest to do?
0: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with if your roster is the same, but I I feel like, Defending a championship would probably be the hardest. And I've heard players say, like, especially the Warriors players, that that second one is really tough because you've won your championship. So you kind of lose that initial hunger of getting your first ring. And everybody's coming at you as hard as they can that next year. And so uh, I think that's why it's really hard to see teams win back to back, especially three-peats is insane. Uh for that reason is because just everybody's going after you, uh, egos start to get in the way, and you just don't have that same hunger that second year.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I would almost say getting back to the finals would be the toughest, but like you said, like you're most content after winning the championship. You're a little, you're a little hungover from that. And so I think it's so 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 awesome that the Raptors are competing at this level. And you know, after losing Kawhi, everyone's like, oh well, they're they'll they'll still be somewhat relevant, but they're not gonna be good. That that good. But now they're it seems like there's they're a trade away or they're they're still like a really good team. You know, the necessary players have stepped up. This Masai Ujiri is insane. He's having he, – he gets players uh, in the second round to be able to contribute. Spicy P's contributing at a greater level. Fred Van Vliet's contributing at a greater level while Kyle Kyle Lowry was out for a little bit. I thought they would have punted. They would have traded Kyle Lowry or something by now. But, no, I think they're 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 setting themselves up and they're defending, which is super awesome.
0: Yeah, and I know that there's been some talks that they're interested in Tristan Thompson. He wants out of Cleveland. And they're looking at a couple other guys as well. And the Knicks are definitely have their eyes on Messiah Najiri. They really (laughs) want him. I feel like they're going to throw a ton of money at him. Uh, It seems like that's what the word is in the offseason. That would be crazy for the Raptors if he leaves. But, yeah, just like you said, it's just been really impressive to see them continue to go strong. And I feel like all these teams, the top ten teams that we have in our power rankings – the two teams that I think fell just outside, the one team in the East is the Pacers, and they just beat the Lakers tonight. They just look really good for what they have, and especially if Victor Oladipo can come back, I think they'll make some noise in the playoffs. And then in the West, I have the Jazz. I already talked about the Jazz, but uh, I feel like before the season started, we would all definitely have them maybe in like, our top six of the power rankings. And they've just been very disappointing lately. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, Preston summed it up pretty good last week. Their second-half team, they're 21 of their next 26 or below 500 teams or something like that. And so I think they'll be okay. Um, They're 4-6 and in their last 10 games, not very impressive. The Jazz, the Pacers, they're missing Victor Oladipo, one of their centerpieces. And so they both have room to grow.
0: Shout out to uh, Victor Oladipo. My wife and I watch a show called The Masked Singer. And (laughs) and he was on it. And it's where, like, celebrities, they dress up with masks and they sing. And everybody thought he was a professional singer because he was so good. Uh, And it ended up being him. He's a really good singer. I know he has, like, an album on Spotify and stuff, if you guys didn't know. He's a really good singer. It was really fun to watch him. It's just been a great opening to the NBA season. We're coming up on the new on the new year. We're looking forward to all these great Christmas Day games next week, and it's just a great time. It's it's the holidays. We all love being with family, and uh, especially knee deep in everything basketball, high school, college, NBA. All the basketball is going on right now, so that's it's really fun. What did you think of uh, Bronny's game and LeBron? In Ohio. That was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's really cool. It's so funny to see him on the sidelines and getting um interviewed afterwards. He's saying, you know, like why are you certain so nervous? Why are you jumping around so much? And LeBron's like, Well, for the first time, like I don't have control over the outcome of the game. So, I'm sure he did. I'm like, sure he got
0: control somehow.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> hey, more than an athlete. <laughs> oh my no, I'm just kidding, but but yeah, I know, like it's been a been a great time uh are you excited for star wars to come out this week
0: yes i am I, we were just talking about earlier there's been some really good reviews about it and uh of, of course mixed reviews there's always going to be those diehard star wars fans who aren't happy with it but are you seeing it opening night
1: yeah thursday night at like 6 p.m i'm I'm super excited. I've been in Star Wars kick the last couple weeks playing the the new video game and (laughs) watching all the movies, so it's been fun.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to hop on some Battlefront for sure. (laughs) But but, all right, Eric, uh, we're grateful to have you here again with us, and we will see you all next week, and happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas.